Welcome to In-Depth, a Kingdom Life Church podcast where we can sit down over a cup of coffee and talk to the people we love about the things that intrigue us. Now settle in as we go In-Depth. Welcome back to another edition of In-Depth, a Kingdom Life Church podcast. This is Spencer Lloyd. I'm your host. And uh, I tell you what, we got a great show for you today. Um, we're gonna, I've got an important announcement to make later on in the show. That's going to keep you listening. Of course, you don't need that because our guest that we have on here today is one of the most outstanding young women I think that I know. Uh, we are talking today to a former Kingdom Lifer, although I think it's kind of like the Marines, once a Kingdom Lifer, always a Kingdom Lifer. Uh, today we have Ashley Nermalnath on the phone with us. Now, this is the first time we've done a phone interview, so I'm kind of excited to do that. I'd be more excited if she was sitting across the room from me, but she's not. But Ashley, welcome to the show. You want to say hi to everybody? Yes, thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. I also wish I was sitting across from you, too. <laughs> well, guys, Ashley uh, graduated from Indiana Wesley, and I'm going to let her introduce herself, but uh, she has such an intriguing story. And um, I mean, she has had some amazing adventures with God, but as- aside from that, she's humble, she's teachable, she loves Jesus, mm-hmm. uh, and she has a gift to share with the world. And, uh, but Ashley, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit, tell everybody uh, just a little bit about yourself so we, we know where you're coming from. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, well, my name is Ashley and yeah, I'm so excited to be a part of this. A little bit of background for me. So I grew up in Ohio. Uh, I consider that to be my hometown Um, Ethnically speaking, my parents are from India, so they were born and raised in India and eventually made their way here to America. And I was actually born in West Virginia, which seems a bit random, but I was there for my first two years of life. And then we moved to Ohio, which I spent the majority of my life. So that is home for me, the good old Midwest. And I was very blessed to grow up in a Christian home. Um, especially having my parents come from the Indian background where the percentage of Christianity is very small, especially back then when they were growing up. But they were also blessed to both be able to grow up in a Christian home as well. And it honestly goes back about four generations on both sides of my family. Really? And they grew up and they grew up in India and they were four generations. Wow. Yeah, they both were. And actually my grandpa, so my dad's dad, uh, he was actually a pastor in India. And so, yeah, there is definitely a legacy of of ministry and even some just of the darkest of places. And yeah, so it it is a journey. And I wish I knew more about the history. I, I love learning stuff about that. But my my parents, I guess, don't really know a whole lot about when that actually happened, that conversion. But I mean, you know, it changed the rest of our generations. Yeah. Um, so it, but I still consider it to just, yeah, to be such a big deal. Um, and it's still going strong in our family, which hey, is so cool. Well, and I consider myself a benefactor of that decision uh, for <laughs> four generations ago. Uh, so is your dad uh, a minister? So no. So uh, my dad is actually a doctor and my mom is a nurse. So at the, in the States, they grew up or they were working together. My dad had his own practice and my mom was pretty much running the whole place, but also the registered nurse on staff as well. Um, but yeah, so I am actually the only grandchild of my grandpa who actually decided to go more of the the rounds of, I guess, traditional ministry as far as missions and different things like that, um, which it's interesting because I don't usually share this a whole lot, but when my grandpa passed away, they wrote a little um, like book about him with a bunch of different stories that people contributed and just things about him and his life and his ministry. And um, my grandpa passed away when I was in the first grade, so I really didn't know him at all. And now, is this your, dad, your dad's father or your mom's father? Yeah, my dad's father. Okay, right. He was the pastor. Yep. And when I was leaving for college, I didn't even know this book existed. And so when I was leaving for college, um, I think my dad was just honestly kind of excited that I was going to a Christian college and just with my heart 
for broken people. I think he felt led to give me one of those books and that I, like I said, I didn't know it existed. And I remember reading through that book and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm so much like my grandpa in some ways in the ways that we think um, or the, our heart towards ministry. And that was actually really such a cool moment for me because I never knew him. And then to read this book and hear these stories of people speaking so highly of him, I'm like, wow, we have such a similar heart. And it was just really special. And I, yeah, I feel like I'm kind of carrying on the legacy a little bit. That is really um, cool. Yeah, because you don't have to be a you don't have to be uh, behind a pulpit to be in the ministry. Right, absolutely. Um, okay, so you said a couple things that are interesting. I want to follow up with yeah. you. Uh, first of all, we'll come back to this question. But so you said you went to a Christian university. I already mm-hmm. uh, told everybody you graduated from Indiana Wesleyan. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to know how you got there, and in just a <laughs> second. But before we do that, you said something um, around, or you said that your dad. You think your dad felt led to do something. Now, generally, you know, we have our Christianese, mm-hmm. uh, and so when we say something like, I felt led to do this, or the Lord led me yeah. to that. We're, we're talking about like guidance by the Holy Spirit. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. what uh, what was your paradigm for that growing up? Because I think that's going to be a big mm-hmm. part of your story later on. I mean, I know yeah. it is because I was, yeah. I was there. <laughs> but uh, so <laughs> yes. what? how much of that was present in your mm-hmm. day-to-day life growing up and, and, how, your, and how your parents raised you? Um, yeah. Right. So although I grew up in a Christian home, um, we attended a Baptist church growing up. So we did not talk about the Holy Spirit at all. (laughs) I really didn't know anything about the Holy Spirit. I did not know about the gifts. I would have never used that lingo of, yeah, like feeling led or the Holy Spirit led me to do this. So so do you think that it was, uh, it's like Bill Heth talks about the Father, Son, and the Holy Bible. Is that the kind of church you grew up in? (laughs) Totally. Yes. hundred okay. <laughs> percent. Um, yeah, we never talked about any of those things and I never knew they existed or even really knew that those parts of the Bible existed, um, until I, yeah, I went to university and was exposed to some of those things for the first time, which changed my life drastically, <laughs> um, and continues to change my life. Okay. Yeah. So let's take mm-hmm. this as a chance to transition. So tell us yeah. what got you to Indiana Wesleyan. And then on the back side of that, tell mm-hmm. us about your first time, your first encounter with the Holy Spirit, with the gifts of the yeah. Spirit. Yeah. So, <laughs> so choosing Indiana Wesleyan. So honestly, I had it set in my heart that I was going to go to Liberty <laughs> University in Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, I was like, that's the school I'm going to go to. I had dreamed about going there for a couple of years. And when it came down to it and I was trying to make my decision, my parents were like, that is a little too far away. We would really like you to be closer to home. Wow. <laughs> and, um, I actually, this is kind of a random thing, but I had actually asked my parents if I could do the social justice program at the Hillsong school in Australia. Wow. Knowing that they would say no, I really had no confidence that they would say yes, but I was like, I'm just going to ask them. (laughs) And so I asked and they said, no, I was not. (laughs) Yes. They're not going to let you go to West Virginia. They're certainly not going to let you go to Australia. Exactly. (laughs) But, but something, so I don't know what it was, but I mean, it must've been the Holy spirit, but to actually have me ask them and yeah, they said no, but they were like, that is obviously really far away and Liberty's too far away. But they said, if you pick a school closer to home, we will let you study abroad. And I was like, sold. <laughs> so, so, so I was like down fair, to Indiana Wesleyan <laughs> yeah, and Cedarville University. And I had visited both schools. I got accepted. And to me, they honestly seemed about the same. Like nothing really stood out to me. <laughs> um, and then I had met some professors. And I had heard through the grapevine that there was one professor at Indiana Wesleyan who was passionate about fighting sex trafficking. And that is something I'm also very passionate about. Okay. And so that kind of was in the back of my head. So <laughs> honestly, when it came down to it, I was like, Lord, I don't really know what school I'm supposed to pick. I just like, I need something. And I never got really like a big answer or a big revelation, but it was like the smallest nudge that Indiana Wesleyan like stood out to me. Like I, and I think maybe it was because of the professor, honestly, but I really just was so unsure. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? 
I'm just going to go with this little nudge that I'm feeling, even though it's not really like a big revelation. <laughs> and, well, and so you know, I chose it. <laughs> with, with Elijah on the mountain, it, it wasn't the <laughs> yeah. earthquake. It wasn't the... It was exactly. It was a still small voice. Yep. Yeah. And yes, I don't think I would have been able to identify that at the time. <laughs> but yes, you're you're absolutely right. That's totally what it was. And so I enrolled to Indiana Wesleyan. I had no idea why I was going there. Um, and But really, the Lord was just so faithful because the first weekend that I was there and meeting the people on my floor, the different themes that they were going through and like our orientation, like the Lord just totally reassured me, like, this is exactly where you're supposed to be. Um, and yeah, so, so that's what, how I chose Indiana Wesleyan. What year was it when you came to Indiana Wesleyan? Uh, 2012 is when I started my freshman year. Yeah. And, and so two weeks into my freshman year, I went to the global engagement office and I'm like, hello, I'm a freshman. I'm a psychology major. Where can I study abroad? <laughs> like, I was like, well, this is, this is why I picked the school. <laughs> and so, yeah. And so that's how that led into a whole journey of studying abroad a few years later, but that's okay. how I picked Indiana Wesleyan. Okay, and then so you said that it was when you got to college that you you experienced mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit for the first time or yes. encountered the gifts. Talk to us about that. Mm-hmm. What was that like? Yeah, so so I've always had um, just a deep connection to the Lord, even really despite knowing anything about the Holy Spirit. I just I've just always loved the Lord, even as a kid, and worship has always been a special time and place for me in the Lord. I just that in nature, but I just feel very connected to the Lord in, in worship. And I was actually going to, um, uh, college West, um, right off campus at the time, my freshman year. And I was in a Sunday service and I just was not connecting with the Lord during worship. And it was throwing me off because I never really experienced this before. And I'm Mm. like, what's wrong? Like, I feel like something's off, but I don't, I can't identify it. And I was just discouraged. And I remember leaving church and I was like, I just need to spend some quiet time with the Lord. I just need to be with him to figure out what this, what this unsettledness is in my heart. And I tried having some time alone with him and didn't go anywhere. just couldn't focus. I was getting frustrated. (laughs) And um, I remember it was a beautiful Sunday um, it was sunny and I had a ton of homework to do. And so I was like, all right, I'm just going to go get started on my homework. And um, I didn't want to be cooped up inside. So I went to this sunroom mm-hmm. at Iowa. It's kind of like off the coffee shop area. And I was like, I've never done my homework there, but I'm like, I'm just going to go there and try to knock out some homework. I want to still enjoy the sunshine. Yeah, it's a nice space. And so, yeah, so I made my way there and sat down, tried to start doing some work. And there was, um, a guy in there, his name's Josh Fire, and, um, shout out to Josh. And yeah, I just, uh, um, Station and I just had lunch with Josh and oh, Bree, uh, uh, over our, yeah, just about three weeks ago for our anniversary. Oh, some of my favorite people. They are fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't know Josh at the time at all. Um, but he was sitting in that room and he was talking to, another guy in the room couldn't even tell you who it was, but, um, and they were just chatting to themselves. And, um, so anyways, I'm like trying not to listen and like do my homework, (laughs) but Josh is just raving about this church that he's going to and how much he loves it and how he's about to graduate, but he's going to stay in this area just to be a part of this church longer and just raving about it. Not even really talking specifics about the church, but just how much he loves it. And I was just overhearing this conversation and I could not explain it to you, but my heart was just beating so fast. Like it it was just so tangible. And I'm just sitting there. I'm like, why is my heart like feeling like it's exploding? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm sitting there and I'm just like listening to him. And in my head, I'm like, Lord, like, are you asking me to ask this stranger, this boy, this random guy, I don't know if I can go to church with him or something. I'm like, that's weird. Like, I'm not going to do that. And, um, but my heart was beating so fast. Like I could not ignore it. And I had never experienced that before. 
And so, yeah, I just could not ignore it. So I gathered up my boldness, <laughs> the little that I had. And I was like, I was like, yeah, I know I don't know you, but your church sounds awesome. <laughs> and I was like, is there any chance like I could maybe go with you sometime? And he, he like looked at me and he was like, he's like, oh, he was like, yeah. He's like, actually, our church service is not till the evening. So we haven't had it yet. I could see if you could come with me tonight. We usually carpool over. And I was like, oh, I was like, okay, great. And I was like, I mean, if it doesn't work out. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, if it doesn't work out, I can always go next week. But I mean, awesome if I can go tonight. And he's like, yeah, let me ask my friends if we have room for you in the car. And he ran out of the sunroom because they were like in the next room over in the commons. um, This little like study area. And so he goes out of the room and. I'm sitting there and I'm just like, Lord, I just can, I cannot believe you asked me to ask this stranger and go to church with them. And it's like a boy. And so, and like, you know, then I'm like trying to guard my heart and all these like things. And so I'm like, I don't want to give him like wrong intentions. <laughs> like, oh, like, can I go to church with you? <laughs> Although that is not where my heart was at, but you know how things are. They can be interpreted. Oh, yeah, you, yeah, you got to be careful. Got to be careful. Right. And so I was like, oh, like, and I also felt funny about, I don't know, pulling up to church with like a group of boys I didn't know. So, now, what, were they all, I, were they all boys that were, no, that he had I didn't, with? I didn't know. So, so my prayer, when he left the room, I was like, Lord, I was like, if you're going to have me go to church with this boy, like, is there any way you can just like make there be some girls in the car too? Like, so I don't feel awkward. And so nice. Um, I prayed that, uh, very kind of casually, but also like jokingly, like, please, Lord, don't do this to me. And so, um, so he comes back and he's like, yeah, there's totally room for you in the car. My friends will pick you up. And he asked me what dorm I was in and he's like, cool. Like they'll pick you up outside of your dorm at six. Like didn't tell me who was picking me up. What oh my they goodness. Like. Yeah. No, <laughs> I knew nothing. I was literally trusting him. <laughs> these random people are going to show up in an unmarked vehicle. Yeah. <laughs> Take you to a place you've never been before, but it's okay. It'll be all right. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm just like, whatever, here I go. So I am standing outside my dorm at six o'clock and a car pulls up. The windows roll down and it's a car full of girls. And they're like, hey, were you wanting to go to Kingdom Life? And full circle, which won't make sense to maybe some of the viewers, but one of the girls is Rhoda Baker, who I'm now rooming with in yes. Washington, Tacoma. <laughs> so like oh, Rhoda. full circle. Yes. <laughs> she's one. She's going to have to be my next interview. Yes. Uh, you, uh, all, of, all of you ladies. Um, now, because here's the thing. Here's the here's my connection. And I'm not trying to interject myself in your story. No, but you. I, I was part of your story. Um, yes. So around 2012 <clears throat> is when I quit my job in yeah. Indianapolis and started uh, school in Muncie, which uh, right. I, I was, I was, I was going to grad school in Muncie, but then I was teaching at Indiana Wesleyan. So I moved, I was apart from my family for a year, mm-hmm. just That's going right. home on the weekends um, mm-hmm. and then coming back. Well, and, and through this process, I, I met this guy in Indianapolis and he tells me about this church uh, he's sitting across the table at Starbucks. He's prophesying to me. Now, <laughs> this stuff wasn't completely weird to me, but it was definitely new. And I knew that I was hungry for it. And so mm. he's, you know, he's prophesying to me, saying all this great stuff. But then he says, oh, yeah, there's this church up there um, that was started because I'd been talking about uh, Bethel Church. You know, we were talking mm. about Bethel School Supernatural Ministry and um, yeah. how I thought that it'd be great to go. But like I have two kids because at that time I didn't. Uh, let's see, Amaria was born in 12. So yeah. So, uh, Stacia was pregnant with our second. We didn't have our third yet. Okay. And, uh, so I'm like, okay, it's not really feasible for me just to, you know, and I, and also I knew I was starting grad school. So he's like, mm-hmm. yeah, there's this church up there that, uh, was started by a Bethel, uh, Bethel grad. Uh, his name, mm-hmm. I think his name's James. Uh, let me look <laughs> him up on Facebook. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, it was kind of a similar random uh, circumstances that brought me to Kingdom Life as well, but it was in 2012. So we started coming around because it was August. Um, it might have been closer to October or so of 2012 when I started uh, at Kingdom Life. So what? Okay, yep. the, so it was about the same time that we started coming. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Yeah, it's crazy how the Lord has woven our paths <laughs> so intricately. Oh, for sure. And oh, this is what I was going to say is that I it was it was young women like uh, you and Rhoda and um, and Elizabeth Leakey. Yeah. That uh, you know when I showed up at Kingdom Life, the uh, the my the biggest part of my original design that every time and I, I should probably um, describe original design for the listeners. Basically, it's mm-hmm. how did how did God make you? Uh, yeah. What were his what were his special giftings and his original mm-hmm. um, his thought his thought about you yeah. when he when he created you? And so the thing that came up time after time after time was, oh Spencer, you're such a father, you're such a father, which mm-hmm. was huge because in the natural. I was feeling like I was letting my kids down because I was living yeah. away from them and I wasn't with right. them. Then I thought like I was failing my kids. And so like I'm hearing that. And, and the very first thing mm. um, that somebody told me the night that I went up to get my original design was um, mm. you're such a, you're a great father. And I was like, I just lost it. It was <laughs> ugly cry. Snot was going yeah. everywhere. So, but it was, um, <clears throat> It was that time that that you guys, Rhoda, mm. Ashley, you guys allowed me mm-hmm. to to practice being a spiritual dad. Yeah. Uh, to you, you know, you guys invited me into that place, which was such mm. an honor uh, yeah. to be invited <laughs> into there and to because listen, like it was brand new for me. I'm thinking like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I'm a I'm a dad in the natural, and then all mm-hmm. of a sudden they're saying, you know, when they're saying you're a father, I'm thinking. Oh yeah, I'm I'm gonna love on these people, but like they're saying, you're a father in the spirit, yeah. and so you guys got to be my guinea pigs on how to like figure. <laughs> and I I don't have it figured out yet, but you mm. were the first ones who I was able to like say, oh yeah, this is okay. I I think this is what they're talking about. This is mm-hmm. what it means. And so um yeah, you guys all always hold a special place in my heart. Yeah. Oh, we were honored that you got to be that place for us. We didn't feel like your guinea pigs at all. So oh well, that's, <laughs> that's good. not how we felt. <laughs> I'm glad. Glad to hear that. Um, okay, so <clears throat> so let's talk a little bit about when you first came. So that was kind of your first encounter. So Josh Vire, which mm-hmm. man, what a great guy! I need to get him on here too. Yeah. You're saying all these people, and it's like these are <laughs> I know. literally yeah. it, like if there was a Kingdom Life Hall of Fame, we have just named like five <laughs> named of them. A lot of good yes. Ones. <laughs> um, yeah, okay, so, so we get to Kingdom mm-hmm. Life, and one of the things that we do at Kingdom Life is we. Um, is we champion uh, impartation mm-hmm. and activation in the gifts of the spirit. Yeah. Um, and so I know that you and I, we were, it was at the time it was called Prophecy 101. It was a mm-hmm. Sunday, basically Sunday school class. You and I yeah. were in the same Prophecy 101 class. <laughs> yes, uh, which is so crazy because looking back, I kind of forget you were in that class because I've always looked at you as such a spiritual father who is like way ahead of me. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. We were in that class together and you gave me some of my first words. Yeah. <laughs> and there was, uh, yeah, I remember it. Like some of the first words I ever received from people were mm-hmm. for you. Um, yep. And it, you know, I think um, realistically, there, the church at large, but I think especially mm-hmm. the people who are being um, opened or are awakening to the supernatural and the gifts of the spirit, there is an acceleration that's happening. Mm-hmm. So, what would have taken months or or years yeah. in the past in terms of spiritual development, and and I'm not diminishing. Mm. Uh, taking time with the Lord. I'm, that's not what I'm saying. But what I am right. saying is that the Lord knows that the time is drawing nigh, right? God yeah. knows that um, the time is coming and and he doesn't want any anybody to be lost. He doesn't want to mm. lose one person. And so he, I think in his grace, in his, in his love for his children, he knows that the most effective way is for us to be partnered with the Holy Spirit, just like the first century church. And so mm-hmm. there has been this acceleration to move us all, to launch us, as it were, uh, into the mm-hmm. things of the kingdom so that we're more effective in, in reaching right. the lost. So, yeah. okay, so you're in uh, a brand new, like, well, tell us, okay, you come to Kingdom Life for the first night. Yeah. I don't know. Do you yeah. remember Do you remember your first night oh, there? Was it? Yeah, I changed my life. <laughs> yes. So, okay, talk, us, talk, talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Okay, so walk in. And I immediately felt something was different in the room. Like I literally felt this tangible weight like hit me. Couldn't tell you what it was at the time. Obviously now I'm like, oh yeah, this is the Holy Spirit, but I had never felt him before. But I remember walking like, wow, like I feel like like physically heavy. 
Um, not in a bad sense, but I just felt like literally like a weight on me. Um, it's like a, yeah, like a holiness is what I could put words to it now. Um, and yeah, I remember sitting down and kingdom life at that time. I, I hope you guys still do this, but at that time, we always started off service with just testimony time. So yep. open mic. Yep, my favorite. <laughs> and I um, remember sitting there listening to the testimonies, and uh, Matt was one of them, <laughs> another legacy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um, he just casually goes up there, and he had just returned from a spring break trip that the church went on, or I guess a trip from his school. Taylor, yeah. Yeah, Taylor University. Mm -hmm. They went to Daytona Beach, Florida to just love on all the partiers down Mm -hmm. there Yep. (laughs) and to just pray with them and give them an encounter with the Lord. And so anyways, he was sharing a testimony of how they were praying for uh, this kid who literally had just walked out of a club. And long story short, they start talking to him about his back pain and basically he had some discs that were out of place and he had had chronic pain. So it's been hurting for a long time and kind of always hurting. And Matt just casually is like, yeah, so we prayed for him. I put my hand on his spine and I said, in Jesus name, straighten. And I felt his spine straighten under my hand. And, and, and I'm sitting there like, what? Like that is crazy. (laughs) Like I'm internally freaking out, but everyone around me was so calmly like clapping and they're like, yeah, good job. That's awesome. But like, as (laughs) if it was normal. Yes. (laughs) And I was sitting there like, why isn't everyone freaking out? Like, I don't hear stories like this, like, you know, and yeah, everyone was treating it like it was normal. So I was sitting there like, okay, there is something very different about this church. And so, yeah, one, that blew me away. And then we had worship. And, you know, earlier that day I was at church worshiping and could not connect to the Lord. And so we're having worship. And I just was hit powerfully with worship. But it was like a like a holy reverence that it was just like the weight on me got stronger. And I couldn't even really, I remember standing there, but I don't honestly remember moving or really singing along. Mm. But I just remember just standing there and just taking it in. Um, And again, I really had no words to describe at the time what I was feeling, but I know it felt good. (laughs) And so then the sermon went on and, um, yeah, I I honest I honestly think I was processing everything that I was experiencing first. That this nothing from the sermon I remember sticking out to me in particular. <laughs> was it James? James? Is amazing. <laughs> I'm not saying that. <laughs> um, but yeah, and so <laughs> the sermon went on, and then after the sermon finished, um, Rhoda was actually sitting right by me, and it, yeah, it's funny how she appears on my story here and there. <laughs> but and, and she's back. Yeah, and she's back. At the time, I didn't know her. I had a friend on, I had a huge friend crush on her (laughs) and now we're roomies, but anyway, so she was sitting by me and she's like, Ashley, would you like to go up and get your original design? And I was like, I don't know what that is. And she's like, basically it's just hearing good things that what the Lord is saying about you. And they're all good things. And I was like, I mean, sure. I was like, sounds good. But I was like skeptical i was like i have no idea what you're talking about oh for sure (laughs) and so but i was like all right doesn't sound like a bad thing so (laughs) i went up there um and i was like yeah i'd like to get original design prayer and um they were like do you know what that is and i was like yeah not really (laughs) so (laughs) the way they explained it to me was like you know we pull this out of one psalm 39 and or 129 is right no 139 yeah thank you and so just talking about how you know if we were to count the thoughts that the lord has for us they would outnumber the grains of sands and we're just pulling on a few of those Mm -hmm. um for how you were created and um just saying that we're just humbly asking the lord to speak to us in order to speak to you and and they were very like we're human like we could totally hear wrong or you know, misinterpret something. So we are going to write these down for you. We we encourage you to pray for them and let your heart sit on them and receive what the Holy Spirit is wanting you to receive. And whatever's not true, just let it fall. Um, So very humbly, we're like, this is what we believe the Lord is saying to you. 
um, and to pray over it. And I was like, okay. And so like, I mean, I guess, I guess I could say I was still a little skeptical. I think I just didn't really understand what was about to happen. Right, right. Um, and so do you remember who was on your, it's not about people. It's, you know, it's about the Holy spirit, but do you remember who was on your, on your team? Um, Oh, I'm going to draw blanks on some of their names that I can picture their faces, but one of them was, um, Kristen actually. Oh, nice. Um, And the other one, uh, for the listeners, that's Kristen. What's now Kristen Dresback. Yes. Uh, married yes. to Tyler, our worship pastor, who uh, yeah. we had on the we had on the podcast uh, a couple months yeah. ago. If you missed that one, go back and check it out. Tyler had a lot of really amazing things to say about worship mm-hmm. and and connecting with the Lord. Yeah, just amazing people. Um, but no, I'm totally drawing blanks on their name. Hey, don't don't worry about I, it. Don't worry about it. So okay, so you're standing up yeah. there, and for people who don't know what this looks like, uh, yeah, there's yeah, there's three ahead. people. Uh, you described it very well mm-hmm. in terms of what they're doing. I mean, it's we call it listening prayer is another way. Uh, to describe it. Um, and yeah, we just asked the Lord questions like, this was one of the things that was so um, mm-hmm. earth shattering to me when I sat in that Prophecy 101 class and learned about this was, and it seemed, it's so elementary, of course, yeah. you know, the word <laughs> teaches that unless we become as a little child, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but this whole thing around like, <clears throat> well, maybe you're not hearing the Lord speak because you're not actually having, you're not asking him any questions. Mm. And so like some of the things that we were, you know, coached in and taught was, okay, ask the Lord specific questions yeah. and then pay attention to everything that goes on in your body and in your, in your imagination, in your mind, uh, after that. Mm-hmm. Because I think that one of the things that the church has done for far too long, and this is actually something I talk about in one of the class in the class mm-hmm. I teach at Indiana Wesleyan. Is there's been this separation uh, of the mind uh, because the mind rests as part of the sp- the soul, you know, but and the mm-hmm. spirit is what we think of as being like, oh, this is where we commune with the Lord, which it is. Um, right. But if we are if we are a sanctified person, if we mm-hmm. are redeemed fully, then that means so is our mind. And why wouldn't the Lord mm-hmm. want to use our mind to? Sp- yeah. To speak to us. So people are listening. So this is what it looks like. Ashley's standing there. There's three people. One of them has a notebook and they probably said, hey, can we put our hands on you? And she Mm -hmm. was like, okay. (laughs) And then they they probably prayed something like, uh, you know, Holy Spirit, just tell us how much you love Ashley. Speak to us a little bit about how you originally designed her. And Mm -hmm. uh, then they, they, we stand and listen for a little bit. It's kind of quiet. And then somebody Mm -hmm. leads out and the floodgates open. Um, So do you, can you remember, I'm sure you have it written down still. I'm sure you still have that piece of paper. Uh, But what was the most impactful thing? uh, (laughs) The the most impactful word that you walked away from that first original design uh, experience Um, with? Oh man. So honestly, all, (laughs) all five of them were like, so specific and so spot on to what I needed to hear <laughs> that from the very first one, I just started weeping. I was that person. I, I was weeping, <laughs> ugly weeping. <laughs> um, because I mean, it was the first time that I'm like, wow, the Lord is speaking directly to these he people. He knows me. And yes. He knows my heart. And yeah. And I just, I didn't even know that was a thing. And like, I will answer your question, but I think in that moment overall that impacted me was like everything that I had believed in Christianity and hoped for in Christianity became a reality. Wow. Um, Like even like with the testimony time, I'm like, yeah, like I believe God could do miracles, but I didn't grow up praying those things or seeing those things or going to a church that, you know, believed that that could like really happen um and then like you know we always hear like yeah you're supposed to have a personal relationship with the lord but i didn't know that god can like directly speak to me and like i can hear his voice and and the people around me giving me these words like they're my age and they don't know me and yet they're hearing so clearly and specifically on my behalf and i'm like whoa like if they can attain this and hear from the lord that means i can do that absolutely and so even though the words were so impactful and they really did change my life and still continue to change my life, it was the whole experience of really encountering God's voice that's um, so good. in that moment. You know, um, and that's, uh, that is that, consistent with what we see in the word. Like people can't hear the voice of the Lord. People can't 
uh, mm-hmm. encounter the fact that there's a God in heaven who loves them and walk yeah. away the same. Like it yeah. just doesn't, it's, it's incongruent. Yeah, absolutely. So what was the word that sticks out? Oh man. Um, yeah. So, okay. I guess there, I might have to pick two, but <laughs> okay, that's fair. So one of them was, um, one of the girls, they said, um, they're like, I really see that you have a heart to work, uh, to work with women and children. And they're like, I just see these women being trapped and they're in cages and you are going to speak, speak life into them and speak worthiness and teach them that they are pure. And that imagery and those words so specifically connected to my heart of like, I have a huge passion to work with sex trafficking wow. victims. Like, girls who are trapped and who are in cages, either physically, emotionally, or whatever. Yeah. Um, but who are being told, like, you're not worth it. You're not pure. You're not enough. Like, all of those specific things. And for her to describe it in ways that I usually describe it to people was, was pretty wild. Um, and then the, the last word they actually gave me um, was really simple, but it, it really did change my life. Um, it was... I really wish I could remember his name, but it was a guy and he, and you know, the whole time I'm literally crying my eyes out and <laughs> um, he got one last word for me and he, he was getting really choked up trying to communicate what the Lord was telling him. And he started to get really teary eyed. Um, and he just looked at me straight in the eye and he said, Ashley, like I am having the hardest time putting this to words as to what I'm feeling but he's like, you have such a gift of love. Wow. He's like, I really cannot put words to how powerful it is. But he's like, but it is such an honor to be standing by you right now. Wow. And and, and I was just sitting there like, what? <laughs> <laughs> now, listeners, you don't know Ashley, but I I do, <laughs> and there that certainly is probably the most profound if I had been standing there um, you cannot sit in a room with Ashley and not feel loved Uh, that is just you're right it he was right he heard that was very clearly from the Lord it just like oozes Mm -hmm. out of your pores so that's awesome I was so humbled, but I think I was also a little like, wait, but I thought we all are supposed to have a gift of love. Like, you know, what does that look like? Mm. But I took that really seriously because I was like, okay, Lord, like, like walking away from this experience took a lot of things. But from that specific word, I was like, okay, if I really have this like gift of love that is supposed to like stand out and impact other people, then like, I really need to go after this. Like, what does this mean? And so that, summer I did go after that word and I was like okay Lord like I what I called my love journey I told the Lord I was going to give him my heart for one year and I'm going to go after this topic of love and I'm going to really go after like what does the Lord say about love how does he love me so I can receive it for myself in order to pour it out wow and so and yeah, there's just so many stories, but so that led me into a year of what I called my love journey. And that was the hardest year of my life, but the most transformational. And I would not be the person I am today without that year. And that included taking that prophecy class when I returned to school back that fall and really learning how to listen to God's voice and be a part of that prayer ministry and give back. Uh, what other people gave me and give that back to other people of encountering God for the first time and hearing his voice. And that is yeah, <clears throat> a very full circle and humbling. That is remarkable. Hey, and I tell you what, uh, we are going to take a quick break here, but, um, and we haven't even gotten to <laughs> many of the things on my list. That's okay. This podcast, it's either going to be a two parter or people are just going to have a, an extra long bonus podcast <laughs> this time around. Hey, uh, but you know, so on the backside, well, the word, the word says that perfect love cast out fear. Mm-hmm. And um, guys, when you hear uh, what, Ash- what Ashley did after she graduated, uh, you're going to understand um, that her year of love, absol- this is making sense to me now. Mm-hmm. Like there, there was no room for fear. Uh, and you, the, what you did really, now you might've been afraid at times. I don't know. 
and we'll let you tell us about that. But what you did and how you laid your life down for a year um, is is an obvious testament to the fact that there is no fear in love. Uh, and so that, you know, your time on what's called the world race, and we'll let you talk to uh, yeah. the listeners about that when we get back uh, is evident that while you you certainly embraced uh, this gift of love that you have. So we'll take a quick break. Um, and remember that uh, announcement that I told you about. Uh, hang out. You're going to listen to that big announcement. And then we will be back with Ashley Nermanath on In Depth. Hey, everybody. It's Spencer. I hope that you are enjoying this interview with Ashley. It has been such a joy to catch up with her and hear her stories again. Uh, but right now, I want to take a break and let you know about an opportunity that you have to lift the name of Jesus higher right here in your local town, September 27th through the 29th. A national organization called Awaken the Dawn is putting on an event called Tent America. And uh, there's going to be a tent at Indiana Wesleyan University and hopefully on many other college campuses all across the nation. We are going to be lifting the name of Jesus for 50 hours straight prayer and worship interceding for our country to turn our heart to the lord if you'd like more information or you want to get involved email me spencer.kingdomlifechurch at gmail.com or catch up to me sunday after church all right you heard it awaken the dawn tent america going to be coming to Indiana Wesleyan and maybe a campus near you. I don't even know where people listen to this podcast from. I mean, maybe there's only three people who listen to this. I don't know. But you three people are some of the most blessed people because the guests that are on this show are amazing. So anyway, if you want more information on Awaken the Dawn on Tent America, please uh, email me at spencer.kingdomlifechurch at gmail.com or come up and see me on a Sunday night after service. I want to be sure to get everybody uh, engaged in that if they want to. Uh, but for ten, for now, we are uh, back with Ashley Nermalnath. And um, wow, what a story you have. Okay, so <laughs> we've made it through college kind of uh, in, in 40 minutes. Um, <clears throat> let's, uh, let's skip. So we've graduated now. You did something called uh, The World Race. Um, and would you briefly describe what that is to the listeners? And then, uh, there's one story from your time in the world race that (laughs) I want you to tell. And then I want you to pick one as well, uh, that you can tell. And, um, yeah, so go ahead and tell us what it is. Yeah. Okay. So the world race, it's amazing. (laughs) So it is an 11 month mission trip that goes to 11 different countries. So you spend one month in each country. And it is a very raw experience. I mean, we lived off of $10 a day. I lived out of my backpackers backpack for the whole year and, um, you know, had, had it all like had the tent, had the sleeping pad, um, to really prepare for any type of living situation. And yeah, so I went to, Honduras, Guatemala, El Salvador, and Central America. And then I went up to Africa and I was in Uganda and Rwanda. And then from there, we went to the Balkans area in Europe and I was in Albania and Serbia. And then we made our way to um, Southeast Asia and I was in Thailand, Malaysia, Mongolia, and we finished off in Sri Lanka. Okay, just the fact that you can remember all of (laughs) those in order is impressive. It's like the amazing race. Say it in order, (laughs) otherwise I will forget. Oh, of course, it's like the final. It's like the final challenge on the Amazing Race, where they make them do something in in the order of all of these their countries. Okay, so so um, usually when people think a missions trip, they're they're going someplace. Um, right. they're doing something for a local church body or for a, yes. you know, a group of people. Um, were you, were you doing things in all of those countries? Were, were you partnering mm. with, with ministries or how did that work? Right. So yeah, honestly, it was a little bit of both. So a lot of times we would have ministry hosts or ministry contacts that we would connect with upon arrival. And so the way it works, um, so my group was about 30 people. So my squad of 30, we would travel from country to country together. But then once we got to that country, we would split up into like 
teams of like five or six and work with different organizations or contacts. And usually it was with a local church or it was with a Christian organization um, already on the ground doing ministry. And we were coming alongside of them, not to change anything that we were doing, but to come alongside of them and help them to bring lift to whatever they needed. Um, or there were months where we didn't have a plan at all. <laughs> and those are actually some of my favorite months. Um, yeah, you're, we, the story that I'm going to have you tell, yeah. I think, was one of those months. <laughs> it was one of those months. Yeah, so we call those months ATL, which is basically Ask the Lord. Um, I love it. <laughs> a little thing. And so basically we would arrive to that country. We would have no plan, not know where we're sleeping, nothing. And we would sit down together as a team and we would just take some time to pray together and be like, all right, Lord, where do you want us to go? What does love look like this month? Who do you want us to connect with? Give Whoa. us give us anything. What does love look um, like this month? Yeah. What a and, question. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's funny that we did incorporate that into this trip because on my love journey, ironically, going back every day, I prayed and I my phrase was, Lord, like, what does love look like today? Because wow. love looks different every day, you know, oh and goodness. that could be of the smallest of things or of something very big. But it, it looks different from moment to moment. I think everybody needs to pray that every that. single day. <laughs> it's a powerful prayer and it'll open up your eyes. You know, it, it keeps you aware of like, OK, yeah, what does love look like today? What does love look like in this moment? Wow, that's powerful. Um, <laughs> But okay. yeah, so we asked that while we pray, like, what does love look like this month? <laughs> um, and we just would listen and write down what we felt like the Lord was saying. And then we would just go. <laughs> and, you know, the Holy Spirit would just lead things. Um, yeah, just the crazy of stories came that month. And those were some of my favorite months. Some people did not enjoy those months. <laughs> because they liked their structure. They knew what they, they yeah. wanted to know what they were doing, but I thrived off of those months. Um, if I ever had a choice, I always chose that. <laughs> okay. So, but here, now we were talking a little bit before the recording and you said something yeah. about risk. And I think yes. that now is an uh, excellent yeah. time to, because to, okay, to go into a country you've never been in before, I'm presuming <laughs> you've never been to these countries before, right. these ATL country, uh, months. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, Talk about risk. That is risk. Like you're going into a foreign place. You don't speak the language. You don't know people. And you're sitting down and you're saying, and a bunch of, now I'm not making like, you know, in Jeremiah, the the word makes it very clear. Don't let anyone look down on you because of your age. And I get that. Mm -hmm. And and I'm a biggest proponent of like, there's no junior Holy Spirit. But Mm -hmm. there's also something to be said about life experience and wisdom and all those things. But so... So, but here you are, a group of twenty-year-olds, twenty-somethings, right, in a foreign place, and you and you sit down and you say, "What does love look like?" So, mm-hmm. talk to us a little bit about risk. Uh, tell me, tell the listeners what you told me before we started. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I. <laughs> it's an ongoing thing, but I am a huge proponent on taking risks. You know, life is going to look so different from person to person, there really is no formula or cookie cutter way of life, of doing life and doing life with the Lord, especially with the Lord. I feel like it should look so different. And I, but the, in saying that (laughs) I would never want to take a risk without the Lord. hundred percent. That's a, that's a lot of wisdom (laughs) right there. (laughs) Yes. And I mean, I consider myself to be brave and not afraid of change, but if the Lord is not telling me to take that risk, then I don't want to do it. <laughs> and yeah, so I'm all about taking risks. But if the Lord is saying yes to it and making it clear that that is what I'm supposed to step yeah, into. Yeah, because he who builds the house labors in vain if the Lord isn't mm-hmm. in it, right? Yeah, so good. Yes. But yeah, so, so take the risk, but only if the Lord is on it. And even if it sounds like a good thing, like it logically seems like a great thing. But if, yeah, if the Lord is not on it, it's, it's, it's not worth it. Don't That's do so it. good. Okay. But, yeah. uh, now, one of your ATL months, yes. you were sitting in my basement. You're telling me this story. And I have mm-hmm. like, I remember mm-hmm. that moment. <laughs> and I don't know why it was so profound for me. But I do mm-hmm. know that, okay, just the other day, I walked past a monk in mm. Costco. And what? I said, no and in my mind, I just said, he didn't want to be a monk anymore. <laughs> 
yes. So, okay, and that my little catchphrase there will make sense. Ashley, please mm. tell us this <laughs> my favorite story from your time uh, abroad uh, that you told yeah. us. Guys, just get ready. Hold on to your seats. Mm. This is too crazy. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, this this is a wild story. Okay, so Oh, yeah. So this was in Malaysia. And yes, it was an ATL month. So the only direction we were given by the organization is we were supposed to stay on like the east coast of the country. That was the only thing. And other than that, fair game. So we, yeah, we sat down, we had our time of prayer, and we all got different words. And um we were trying to kind of make a route of which cities we were going to hit. Um, and so this, uh, city in particular was a very small town and we actually were only stopping there to break up our journey. We really had no intentions necessarily of doing ministry in this town. Um, just because the town we were supposed to get to was just really far away. So this really was just like a stopping point that we were going to take some rest and sleep at a hostel for a night kind of thing. Like when you said um, that, when you said that, uh, it made me think of, uh, and, and pardon me, cause I'm probably going to interrupt you periodically through this no, story, but do. like, um, made me think of in John four where Jesus had to go through Samaria, mm-hmm. right? It wasn't, it wasn't yeah. even on his way to where he was yeah. going. Uh, but you know, he only did what he saw the father doing, said what he heard, right. heard the father saying. And, you know, you guys saying that it wasn't even in your plan to stop in this town. Uh, right. but you know, I, like I hear the Holy spirit saying, yeah, but Jesus had to go through Samaria. Absolutely. Um, so, okay, carry on. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. And so, yeah, so we arrived and we got there pretty late in the eve or it was about to be evening. The sun was going down and um, I was one of the leaders on this trip. And so I had just come on to this team um, to just be a part of this specific team for a month. So I was trying to catch up with people and I was with my friend Maddie which, yeah. sorry, I'm interrupting again, okay. I know. Like, the fact yeah. that <clears throat> your process of becoming a leader was was accelerated also, right? <laughs> yes. Okay, and so we don't have to go down that rabbit trail right yeah. now. But, guys, totally. if, if you live close to Ashley, if you're going to hear this, if you meet Ashley, take her out to coffee, please. <laughs> buy her buy her coffee and listen to this woman's story. It, it is oh. remarkable. So, okay, carry on. Yeah, so... I'm catching up with my good friend. Um, his name is Matthew. It's a, it's a boy. So Maddie for short. And um, yeah, so we go get local Malaysian food and we're just catching up on the last few weeks of our lives. So I hadn't seen him for a little bit. And long story short, um, the sun starts to go down. So it's getting dark. So remember, we just arrived to this small town like <laughs> at night. So we're very unfamiliar with the area. Strange country um, in the dark. Yeah. <laughs> Um, there is really like no Wi-Fi, like, you know, we don't have data on our phones, like nothing like that. So anyway, so we are leaving this little restaurant that we had sat and ate food at. And, um, (laughs) I looked at the sky and like, there were these huge, like storm clouds and it didn't really look like it was going to rain, but I mean, they were pretty dark and they were still kind of far away. And Literally as a joke, I was like, wouldn't that be hilarious if it just started raining on us? Like, literally just <laughs> sarcastically. Uh-huh. I didn't think that was going to happen. But then it did. <laughs> so, and like, it was torrential downpour. Like, out of nowhere. Like, like I, it, it was crazy. And so this is kind of embarrassing. But like, I had on a white t-shirt. Oh, and no. I was like, oh, okay. Like, not prepared for a rainstorm. <laughs> And <laughs> so my friend Maddie, like he's such a big brother to me, like love him. And I was like, uh, <laughs> we were planning on walking home. And so I'm like covering myself. I'm like, okay, well, let's just run home. And so we like step outside, like literally torrential downpour. And then we're disoriented because it's dark, it's raining. I'm oh, like, no. oh, too, like, how did we get here? <laughs> how do we get back home? And so we like start walking the direction that we think we're supposed to be going and like it's just raining even harder. And so we like take shelter under this like random spot 
and trying to gather ourselves. And and I was like, Maddie, like, this is ridiculous. And honestly, I'm laughing because I'm like, this what happened to me. And um, so we're trying to, like, figure out, okay, like, can we Uber home? Because Uber is a thing in Malaysia. Okay. And, right. and so, like, can we Uber home? But our phones, like, are, you know, not connecting. And, and so, like, across the street, I see these, like, Chinese lanterns um like over this like building and i'm like oh like a chinese restaurant like surely they'll have wi-fi <laughs> and so i'm like maybe we can run over there and you know get connected to wi-fi at least if we couldn't call an uber at least figure out where we are to like try to get home because yeah. we were we knew we weren't too far that was the funny thing but anyway so we're like okay like let's run across so you know we're like booking it across this like busy street literally we are soaked like my hair is dripping wet like like every part of me is soaked and uh we yeah we run over to these chinese lanterns because i'm thinking this is a chinese restaurant um and we run up over and it's a buddhist um <laughs> like ma or mosque or temple i should say and I just immediately start busting out laughing. I'm like, there's no way they're going to have Wi-Fi at this Buddhist temple. That's so funny. And what we thought was a Chinese restaurant. And so I just lose it. I'm laughing. I'm like, well, this is our lives. <laughs> Lord is laughing with us. And, <laughs> um, but yeah, and so we just look ridiculous. And so um, this Buddhist monk is in the temple and he's sweeping the inside of the temple <laughs> and he sees us like standing on the porch and so he comes out and <laughs> i was like i didn't know what to say to him and i was like uh do you have wi-fi <laughs> <laughs> and you're just assuming at that point that he even speaks english right exactly totally was and uh, he was like uh no i don't have wi-fi but you can use my phone <laughs> and so he runs in and gets his phone and comes out and lets us use the data office phone to like look up where our house is in relation. Nice. And we're literally only like a seven minute walk and we were <laughs> going in the right direction. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, just totally disoriented. And so we're like, okay, like, thank you so much. We gave him his phone back and me and Matt are like, okay, like we could just, you know, like run for it or wait till the rain goes down. And the monk is like hearing us trying to figure out what we're doing. He's like, oh, he's like, you can't walk in this rain. He's like, why don't you come in and have like cake and tea with me? And we were like, what? <laughs> and, and like, mind you, like during our conversation during dinner, we were just totally dialoguing about like, how can we be inter like interruptible? And how do we set ourselves up to like, just be open to like what the Lord has for wow. us? Wow. Like, you know, even though we've been doing this trip for at that point, I think like eight months, um, we're still, you know, trying to figure out how do we be uh, like interruptible. And he, he gave you an opportunity right so, away. Yeah, exactly. And not be so connected to our Western mindset of, you know, having a schedule and knowing what's coming next and, you know, just being open. And so we're dialoguing about this. And so we were supposed to be going back to the house to have team time with everyone. Um, which is like intentional time that we have together as a team to pray, worship, talk about things, whatever it looks like. Mm -hmm. So we're supposed to be back by a certain time. And this monk is like, yeah, do you want to come in and have tea with me? And me and Matt just look at each other and we're like, I think this is a moment we're supposed to say yes. <laughs> we're, we're supposed like, to be interrupted. Yeah. <laughs> we're like, a monk just asked us to come into his temple and hang out with him. <laughs> wow. Okay. And so we like call up our teammates and we're like, hey, uh, we're not going to make it back for team time because the Lord just opened up a door for us to have tea with a monk. And so we'll we'll be there later. <laughs> and they're thinking, wait, tea with a monk? What is this? Yeah. All <laughs> right. And they're like, OK, whatever. <laughs> so we go in drenched and <laughs> we sit down and we... <laughs> have tea and cake with this Buddhist monk. And um, and this was also very interesting to me because we had just come 
from Thailand. And there are different sects to Buddhism, but the monks in um, Thailand are a little bit more stricter in what they believe and what they follow. So like even just things like you cannot touch a woman or otherwise you would be unclean and have to go through all these like ceremonial things. And so for him to invite us into his temple, I was like, whoa, like this is like a big deal. Um, Granted, I mean, Maddie was with me, but still. And so I was like, this is pretty crazy. So, yeah, we sit down with him and he just seems so excited (laughs) to take care of us. And he's like serving us tea and getting us cake. And honestly, we just took time to hear his story. Um, He had been a monk since he was eight years old. Wow. How old was he? um, at that time, he was in, let's see, probably his mid-20s, okay. I would say. Yeah. So about our age, um, honestly. And, but has been in this realm for such a long time. And at, at this point, had made it up, I don't want to say the social ladder, but like in those terms, okay. for a monk. And is like well-renowned for being a monk in his area. And he's actually originally from Sri Lanka but had traveled to Malaysia to start this temple. Okay. Um, So he was only going to be there for a few months before he goes back to Sri Lanka. But he worked or was involved with basically this like monk school of training kids um, and just young men on how to be a monk. Wow. And has been doing this for years. So he has like essentially discipled so many different monks. Mm. And is one of, like, the top dogs now, <laughs> in, in other words. Um, and so, yeah, so they had sent him out to start out this new temple in Malaysia. And, yeah, just hearing his story. And then we honestly just took time to ask him what he believed without mm. projecting anything of what we believed or what we felt was different or anything like that. We just... Now, did he know, did, did it come up in the conversation, like what you guys were doing in? Yeah, it okay. totally did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it did. And yeah. We, I mean, we were very honest and open with him. Like, yeah, we we're Christians and we're here to serve people and, you know, to love people and, um, yeah, help people experience God. And yeah, we were very, we were very open. Um, but we gave him the space to ask us questions rather than, I guess, projecting it onto him. That's so important. And I think that that's one of the things that's missing from society in general is is um, allowing the people that we know that we disagree with the space to ask questions, the freedom to ask questions in order yeah. not not even to prove wrong. Um, yeah, or just yeah. in general, just asking questions and not, yeah. not from the perspective of, of having a gotcha moment or trying to prove somebody yeah. wrong, but, uh, to move into a place of understanding. Yeah, um, and so, so yeah, that's, that's really cool. I love that you guys did that. Yeah. Because yeah, I think it's important for people to, to feel heard before you tell them <laughs> what you oh, know, what yeah. you believe and what you think. Um, so yeah, it's important. so important. Um, okay, yeah, so so, we, so you we, were there with yeah you were there with the monk yeah. you had uh, had some tea, uh, <laughs> yes. so you're there for an hour two hours. So yeah, it ended up being I think around two two and a half hours. Wow. It was a good chunk of time. Okay. Um. Yeah, and so yeah, just hearing his story, asking him questions about what he believed, um, while being Buddhist, and yeah, and just introducing him really to what we believe just a little bit and. And so, yeah, we had great conversation and, um, and even he was like, you know, it's really crazy that you guys just stumbled upon my porch. And I, he's like, something told me to like, let you in and like, to take, let you stay here while the rain got or like quieted down. And, wow. and so even just for him, he was just like, this is like a, like a moment, you know? And, um, and in my head, I'm like, this is the Holy Spirit. Yeah. <laughs> but, and you know, I think this know? underscores too, the importance of, of, for believers, and I'm not saying that we do, but like God is God and the Holy Spirit yeah. can speak to believers and non-believers alike. And we, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> you know, in the New Testament, we have Saul that isn't uh, an example of that where, you know, the Holy Spirit literally, well, it's, you know, it's the man of Jesus, like knocks him off his mm-hmm. horse. He goes blind. Right. In the Old Testament, we've got Nebuchadnezzar who, and and various other uh, kings, uh, not uh, godly kings, not Hebrews, 
um, mm-hmm. not Israel, you know, that the Lord is speaking to. So like God is God and he will, he yeah. will talk to the people he wants to talk to. And I think that that's a really <laughs> yes. like your, your, uh, your thing here is a really great example mm-hmm. of that. Okay. Yeah. So the story gets better yeah. though, but you're going to have to wait until the next podcast to hear it. Um, Listeners, thanks so much for sticking with us. I know that this one's been longer than normal, and so we had to turn it into a two-parter. So I want to encourage you to uh, stay tuned. We're going to release two this month, and the second one will be the second half of our interview with Ashley Nermalnath. So again, for this time, once again, we'd like to say thanks for sticking around and going in-depth.